You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. I'm not going to focus on the things in the Bible that are not clear to me. Doesn't mean I won't continue to study and pray and ask questions. Doesn't mean you can't discuss things that aren't clear. Just don't make that your main focus. Because the Bible declares that we won't see everything clearly until we see Jesus Christ face to face. We see in a glass darkly. But the things we need to see clearly, the things that are clear, the, the things that are vital now, God's made them clear for us now. There are mysteries in the Bible that many in the church dispute to the detriment of the unity of the church. These are called disputable matters, those matters that won't change your salvation and may never be made clear on this side of heaven. However, as Pastor Danny explains today, there are essential truths laid out in Scripture that are very clear. God's sovereignty and the way of salvation are matters where the Bible is clear. These truths are crucial to defend, to clarify, and to share with others. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 John with today's edition of The Living Word. Well, you want to see something incredible? If you get the same chapter, Galatians chapter 2, and jump down to verse 11. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. This is the Apostle Paul openly, publicly confronting one of the greatest pillars of the early church, Peter. Verse 12, before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group, the ones that were teaching. You need to be circumcised as well as have faith in Christ. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you're like, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And so Paul confronts a pillar in the church, Peter, because he not only misrepresented the truth of the gospel. He led others astray in misrepresenting the truth of the gospel. Here's what Jesus said. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Now you say, wait a minute. What about the angels that appeared on that Christmas morning? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. One translation adds a little, and rightfully so, peace on whom his favor or his grace rests. In other words, peace to those who receive Messiah, who receive the truth. But this is talking about people who receive it versus those who don't. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. For I've come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And the context he's talking about is truth. Truth. The message of 2 John, while dealing with the purity of the gospel message, goes beyond that because verse 9, and I'll read it again, anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ... The teaching of Christ. I don't know if you've discovered it yet or not, but some things in the Bible are just not black and white. They are not clear. 2 Peter 3.16, Peter writes, and he says, Paul, the apostle, writes some things in his letters that are hard to understand. 
that some people distort to their own destruction. Now, here's the way I take that verse, practically speaking. I'm not going to focus on the things in the Bible that are not clear to me. Doesn't mean I won't continue to study and pray and ask questions. Doesn't mean you can't discuss things that aren't clear. Just don't make that your main focus. Because the Bible declares that we won't see everything clearly until we see Jesus Christ face to face. We see in a glass darkly. But the things we need to see clearly, the things that are clear, the, the things that are vital now, God's made them clear for us now. Not only are some things not clear, some things are not black and white. Uh, there are also in the Bible what's called issues of disputable matter. Romans chapter 14 is devoted to that very subject, disputable matters. Um, some of the things it talks about is uh, some Christians say we ought to all be vegetarians, and they try to use Scripture to prove that. And then on the other hand, some say, no, everybody can eat meat. It's okay to eat meat. Uh, there were issues, Romans 14 mentions, of whether you eat meat that's unclean. And one of the things that people had a problem with in their conscience was if they found out that meat they bought at the market was before it got to the market offered and sacrificed to an idol, they couldn't in clear conscience eat that meat because it had been offered to an idol. And then there's an issue in Romans 14 about um, alcoholic beverages, whether you can drink wine or not as a Christian. Folks, these are disputable matters. And the whole point, concluding in Romans 14, is what, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. All right? And here's the deal. For one Christian to partake of an alcoholic beverage would be wrong for them. If you came from an alcoholic background, whatever, you know, it, you probably ought to stay away from it. But then for another Christian, that same issue, it might be okay. Are you with me? And that's what he's talking about. And you have other things not mentioned in Romans chapter 14. I mean, I don't know if some of you are old enough to remember the issue in, in a lot of churches when women started wearing pants to church. That was a big deal in a lot of churches. Dancing was an issue when I first became a Christian. In the church I was a part of, they didn't want you dancing because they said, if you dance, you know, you're going to conjure up demons that are going to lead you into bad things. Some things in the Bible are not clear. Some things are disputable matters. But some things are absolutely clear. Absolutely clear. And teachings, teachings that are important teachings, not disputable matters, not non-essentials. The gospel is the essential, but then other doctrines very clearly revealed in the scriptures. Very important. Don't be surprised if even from your own local church, and we've seen it happen more than once, unfortunately, that people bring in distortions of the truth and begin to evangelize those. And then the leadership has to deal with it. Here's what Paul said to the Ephesian elders about the Ephesian church. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. It, it grieved Paul because he knew of how people would be drawn away. Go with me just a minute. Second Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter two. Paul actually mentions some names of uh, people who uh, he was once associated with. That's the impression you get, and they may have even ministered together. That seems to be the implication. Second Timothy chapter two, verse fourteen. Keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarrelling about words. It's of no value. Only ruins those who listen. 
Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. And then he mentions a couple of guys. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place, and they destroyed the faith of some. And once they began to teach that, Paul stood opposed to it and no longer welcomed their fellowship. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 1, one of the same names is mentioned, Hymenaeus, but another guy is mentioned, and we aren't given the detail, but he says in verse 18 of chapter 1, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them you might fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected these and so have shipwrecked their faith. Among them are Hymenaeus, and then he mentions another guy, and Alexander, whom I've handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. So whatever they were teaching was so seriously a distortion of the truth. Paul said, I'm taking a stand against them and against what they represent and what they proclaim. Back in 2 John, let me give you one bit of practical encouragement. From 2 John, verses 10 and 11, very strong uh, admonition here. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. Now, here's a practical question. I'm going to give you my opinion. Does that mean that when the Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, in my neighborhood, they keep coming because there's a kingdom hall right around the corner and they're just relentless. They just keep coming. And when they knock on my door, if I let them in, am I violating that passage? My opinion is I don't think so. It's what I say to them after I welcome them in. Now, I, I must admit, and I'm not, I'm not sure I'm following the Lord every time on this. I don't know. But I don't feel often led anymore to invite them in and have a, a, a lengthy conversation. Usually our conversation is very brief, and it's a front door or in the front yard. And sometimes I actually run into the backyard and don't answer the door. Uh, come on, you do too. Yeah, come on. No different than you. But in the times I have had conversation with them, and I've had many, I'll ask to use their Bible. I'll lay some ground rules. I'll say, look, here's, here's some ground rules that I think is fair for you and for me. If you share 10 minutes, then you give me 10 minutes. If I share 10 minutes, I give you. And then we put a, I usually put a watch right there and say, okay, you know, hey, okay, I, I appreciate that, but now. And then we'll go back and forth. Equal sharing time. That's all we have for today on The Living Word. If you have any questions for us about what you heard from Pastor Danny's study in 2 John, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. You can connect with us on social media as well. Find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and jump into the conversations there. You can connect through the links available at our website, ccfstpete.church. And if you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, we want to meet you. 
Every message you hear on The Living Word comes from a teaching that Pastor Danny has shared at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and you're invited to join us for our weekly services. Our church is filled with imperfect people being made holy by our perfect Creator, and we know that you'll fit right in. Join us on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship God, read His Word, and get to know each other better. Find directions at our website. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. With that, our time with you has officially come to an end. We're so honored to have spent some time with you today studying God's Word. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue studying through the book of 2 John right here on The Living Word.